Welcome to the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Quinn, and I am a mom on a mission to help you launch, grow, and scale a profitable freelance business from home. Join me each week for tangible business advice, along with inspiring interviews, all designed to help you mom strong, work smart, and live free. If you are loving this podcast, finding yourself motivated or inspired, learning something new, or just a fan of the show, do me a favor and help me spread the message. Screenshot the episode, add it to your Insta stories, and tag me at Michaela.Quinn. Every share helps me reach more and more moms, and I may just share your share and feature you in my Insta stories too, because together we can take over the world. All right, mama, it's time. Grab your coffee, water, or wine, because we are starting. Hey there. Happy Monday. I am so excited to bring you today's interview. Today, I am bringing back on Lindsay White to the podcast. Lindsay is a director of marketing and she runs the director of marketing certification program for freelancers. And today she's coming on to chat about what she's been seeing happening in the kind of corporate sphere and the opportunities that she's seen for freelancers to work with a more corporate company. So there is so much you can learn and glean from this episode and apply it to growing your own business. I think you're going to love it and really have some tangible takeaways of what to do next in your business. So without further ado, let's go meet Lindsay. Lindsay, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yes, I'm so excited you're here. So guys, if you are brand new, Lindsay White has been on the podcast before. Back in episode 144, she kind of shared her journey from going from corporate to freelance and how she was able to earn six figures a year as a freelancer. And then she came back on um, in episode 159 to talk more about becoming a director of marketing, really specific into one of the direct freelance roles that you can be in and services you can offer to really command premium and higher retainers with your clients. So she talked more about that in episode 159. And today she's back on to kind of just give us an update in what's going on in her business, what she's seen, especially in the marketplace as it relates to corporate clients and companies. So Before we dive in, Lindsay, can you kind of just give a quick intro into who you are for maybe people that haven't gone back into the archives to catch those episodes yet? But guys, if you love today's episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to episode 144 and 159. We'll link to those in the show notes and the description for you. Yes, definitely. So I'm Lindsay White. I started my business almost exactly five years ago. So I started my business. In 2018, I was working in a corporate job. I had worked at the same corporate company for, I don't know, seven or eight years. And I had climbed that corporate ladder very hardcore. I got a ton of raises, a ton of promotions and whatnot. And that was fine and dandy, but I hated it. (laughs) So I, I had no children yet. I had just gotten married and I was like, this is the worst. I know I want to have kids. How am I supposed to manage this insanely intense job that requires my attention from, you know, eight to five every day. I was traveling. I was commuting pretty far. My husband also had an intense job. So I started to just like seek out other options. And I think, I don't know if I found your course before I got 
my first client, or I don't remember exactly how that went down, but my first client I got pretty much exactly five years ago, and it was Harvard oh. Business School. So I think I told you this story yeah. before. Yeah. I got Harvard Business School and I did a big email marketing campaign for them. And that was the catalyst that was like, okay, you can quit your job, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And I think we did that little like boost of confidence that, okay, I can create a business. Like I've got skills that I can sell. Mm-hmm. I just figure it out. So I left my job and was determined to figure it out. So you I, quit your job before you had built your business. Yeah. I Oh yeah. I had the one project under my belt and I had zero clients for after that. And I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I see the potential. I was, yeah. Like I see the potential. I was in a weird position where my job was so intense and I was a credentialed financial advisor too. So there was some kind of hazy rules and regulations around bringing in additional income. So I was like, I don't even want to like breach these waters. I just want to leave. Like I know I'm leaving. So why, you know, draw this out longer? Guys, if you're listening and like, I can't just quit my job, please know that most people don't do that. (laughs) Most people build their business on the side and then quit. So you are welcome to do both. But if you're listening and like, oh shoot, I can't just quit. I must not be able to do this. That's not the case. A lot of us have built the business in the small pockets of time, early morning, evening hours, while we're still doing a full-time job. So, but if you can do it. And I didn't have any kids, so it was a lot easier to spend so much time building a business because I had nothing but time. Yeah. But I have been very much in lots of ebbs and flows of business where I have been putting business into small increments of time and building incrementally in that way as well. So don't just go quit your job. You don't have to do that. I did do that. So I left my job in 2019 is when I went full-time into business mode. Mm -hmm. And I started kind of with email marketing, social media marketing, general VA work. And then that summer, summer of 2019 is when I really dove into offering marketing strategy services, director of marketing services. So Mm -hmm. I worked with my first marketing client that was very specific on creating a marketing strategy plan. Mm -hmm. And the back end of that marketing strategy plan, we created pretty much a roadmap for the year of what marketing needed to take place, which I think was a game changer. And I talk about this all the time. I love the model of doing a big intensive type of project on the front end with a client because it gives you the opportunity to try out your client first, but it also gives you the opportunity to create this roadmap for the year. So you know exactly what's going to be happening within your retainer. So you can price really accurately. A lot of times I've talked with potential clients and I'll be like, okay, so what do we think in like two blog posts a month plus, you know, four emails a month and you're going to launch, you know, four YouTube videos. And they're like, oh, I don't really know. We're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants. And it's like, okay, well, we need a plan or I can't put a price on this. That's how you get scope creeps. That was my project that summer. And then I really just dove head first into offering, you know, strategic marketing services and director of marketing services. Yeah, that's incredible. So kind of catch us up to speed because if if someone's like interested in the nitty gritty, again, episode 144 and episode 159, Lindsay goes into so much detail and just so much wisdom and insight shared in those episodes. I want to get us up to what has been happening that you've seen in this freelance space kind of so far in 2023. Yeah, definitely. So as I mentioned, my business has had a lot of ebbs and flows. So in January, I actually took a huge step back and pared back my clients immensely. I had a lot of family stuff going on and I just needed to be present for my family. And being able to freelance through that has been the biggest blessing. So 
I mean, that's one of the most valuable things about freelancing is you can tailor your business to exactly what you have going on in your life. So I was Mm -hmm. able to pair back my clients. I paired back my team a lot and really just worked on a consulting level with a handful of the clients I had already had and was able to keep my income pretty steady. But I wasn't taking on new clients and I wasn't really deeply involved in the industry. So fast forward, we're in September now. So it's been nine months and a lot has happened in 2023. Yeah, I mean, mass layoffs at high corporate levels. Yeah. We've seen lots of economy changes, lots of inflation changes, and lots of changes in the way that people spend their money, mm-hmm. especially as investments within their business. Yeah. And so with that, I've seen a lot of changes in the landscape of opportunities for freelancers and opportunities for people to start freelancing. Yeah. So what kind of shifted and brought you back in to the freelance space and kind of was like, made you be like, holy moly, so much has happened. So, well, I got childcare again. So starting in <laughs> August, my kids <laughs> that made finally a able to work out. Yeah, that made a difference. But so that was really the big catalyst that was like dove me into starting to look for clients again. Mm-hmm. And I have not even really had to look for clients. Clients started coming to me in August, which mm-hmm. was wild. But I've gotten a lot of calls and a lot of calls have been from past clients or people who have worked with me and they're at big corporate levels, big firms, big companies, and their companies are cutting budgets and they're trying to figure out what are their opportunities to cut their budgets. Mm -hmm. And as I've seen throughout history, I mean, marketing is always the first to go. Yeah. Because they're a cost center. I mean, it's hard to attribute sales to marketing dollars unless you have really good data in place. Mm-hmm. And that's something I feel super strongly about is tracking your KPI so that you can track it back to your marketing efforts. But marketing is generally one of the first departments to go. So that's where people try to cut their budgets, which has given me and my marketing agency and a lot of freelancers great opportunity because I'm able to offer leaner marketing services to these companies that allow them to not have the overhead of having employees, not have to you know, provide benefits or insurance and be able to give them exactly the marketing that they need rather than you know filling the seats of 25 people's jobs and trying to make sure that they have enough work for all of those people. Yeah. Can you paint the picture of like these corporations and like what their budget, like just numbers of, okay, so they're spending X amount on marketing through their employees. And some of them are like, okay, if they're cutting budgets, then why are they hiring freelancers? Right. So if you think about it, a company might have a 10-person marketing department and that you know level of budget is $250,000 a year or something like that. I don't know if this math makes out, but um, <laughs> let's say their budget is $250,000 a year and they need to cut that. They are cutting their budgets by you know, 50, 60%. They need to get that down. So by working with me, they can take their budget from 250K a year down to you know 125K a year. And that would be, I mean, what is that? as a retainer. That's almost a 10K retainer, a little over. And I'm able to then say, okay, if our budget is 10K a month to help you reduce your costs, and now I know we have 10K a month, I can take a marketing strategy plan for you, prioritize exactly what projects need to be done and sync them up so that my designer knows in January, we're working on their website. That's the first priority. In February, we're working on maybe it's like a specific brochure. That's the second priority. In Mm -hmm. March, we're working on this. And so we can take our resources and lean them out where my designer is not only working with one client, they're working with four clients. So their job is full and they have work on their plate continuously. 
But the clients who are cutting their budgets, they're not paying for a full-time designer and a full-time copywriter and a full-time director of marketing. And so that, like by that math, that's meaning one client, you're potentially getting like a $10,000 a month retainer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's all a numbers game with these corporate companies. Their budgets are so large and they're often incomprehensible to a lot of us who are working, you know, with smaller clients. Yeah. It's really just a numbers game and they need to cut their budget. What can I do and what kind of value can I provide to help yeah. them cut their budget, but to help me build up my business? Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. But, and again, just for people listening, you have an agency at this point. It's not just you delivering right. that whole entire package. Right. I have trusted network of people that I tap into for certain projects. Now, I do not employ these people full time. You can structure your marketing business however you want to. You could Mm -hmm. just be a fractional director of marketing and have your client hire a separate copywriter that you kind of just manage or throw projects to. Mm -hmm. I've gone the agency route, but again, it's helpful to me because I can manage the pipeline of what my creative team is working on. And it helps me serve my clients from a budget cut standpoint. Were you managing a team in corporate? I managed a couple of people here and there Mm -hmm. throughout my time there, but I wasn't, I didn't have a ton of skills in people management. Yeah. So just kind of on the job training (laughs) through your business. Oh yeah. Yeah. Learn as you go. I mean, as we all grow businesses, we all at some point might need some help. I mean, a lot of people hire VAs first. I think one of my first hires was a VA. Then I hired a social media manager. Then I hired some account management help. Then I hired some copy help, some design help. So I want to have experts come in where it's stuff that's too much for me to do. Like, I'm not going to learn how to be a graphic designer. I can't do that. So bringing in those people has been a no-brainer for me to have them just on my speed dial where I can call and say, hey, What's up? Can you help me with this project? Yeah. All right, guys. Lindsay's sharing so many things. I feel like I could just pick her brain forever. If there's anything she's mentioned or brought up and you're like, could you do another episode on, reach out to me on Instagram and the DMs, and then I'll bug Lindsay until she agrees to come back on. (laughs) I would love to be here. (laughs) So I'm curious, what types of corporate companies are moving towards freelancers. This is an area that's so new and out of my comfort range. I was in education. I would never consider myself any corporate background. Like going into an office building gives me hives. It traditionally hasn't been in my sphere and world of like a big opportunity for freelancers to work with. Typically, you know, you see online businesses, digital businesses, maybe some local brick and mortar, small, small um, mom and pop type shops that hire freelancers, but corporate companies, they have employees. Yeah. I could talk about this all day long. So I think there is such a huge opportunity for freelancers to take clients in a corporate capacity. I mean, corporate companies are looking for consultants and experts to bring in and be an extra set of eyes that's not drinking the Kool-Aid already. Give them these outside opinions and thoughts. So that's kind of one way that corporate, you know, big Fortune 500. I mean, I've worked with Fortune 500 firms. I work with big companies and small companies. I think the next opportunity that's maybe an easier one for you or newer freelancers to grasp is professional services. I think that Mm -hmm. that's an area that's so overlooked and is a great opportunity for freelancers. I've actually really found my footing in professional services. What would that be? 
CPAs, accountants, lawyers, Mm -hmm. financial advisors, any of those jobs that sound really boring or they wear suits to work. I mean, like that's a great space. None of them know, especially, I mean, I talk about marketing a lot, social media managers, email managers, all of that. Professional services don't know anything about that. SEO. I know that's my husband's and there, if you Google construction attorney in Kansas city, like they pay someone to make sure they're, I think, number one. Yeah. So I just think that there's a huge opportunity for these businesses. They're so well credentialed in what they do. I mean, to be an attorney, you go to school for what, like six, eight years, and then you have to pass a bar and you have to do all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. they're not taking time to learn how to get on the top rankings of SEO. Yeah. Yeah. They need to hire it out. And a lot of times they don't know that freelancers exist in this capacity. So one of my best clients, one of my oldest clients, they actually came to me from a referral. My friend knew that I did part-time marketing like options. And she's like, Hey, my brother's company is their private equity firm. She's like, they're looking for a part-time marketing assistant in their office. Would you be interested? And I was like, no, I'm absolutely not interested, but I will have a conversation. Yeah. I got the owner of the firm on the phone and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm not interested in this position that you have posted. However, I do have an option that I think would be a really good option for you. Yeah. And so I told him how I freelance and I do things on a retainer basis. And you know, he can retain me for my services and I can act as their part-time marketing assistant. However, I'm not an employee. It's all within my business. They now outsource all. And I'm not coming in. Maybe I'm not coming in. No, I I don't come in. I actually was going in maybe like once a month for a meeting and I moved, Mm -hmm. I've moved to a whole new state now. Like I don't go in ever. Yeah. I am able to do these services for them. And I was able to educate them past the, they knew they only needed a little bit of marketing help. And they're like, we just need someone maybe 20 hours a week. I'm like, you need someone five hours a week. And I think that this is a much more viable solution for you. So Okay, guys, let's break that down a little bit more. What can we take away from that? If you see any of these part-time in-office positions that have been posted on job sites, you can reach out to them and say, hey, have you thought about hiring a freelancer for this role? Whether it's marketing, whether it's an in-office admin assistant, there's such a lack of people wanting to work and also such a lack of knowledge from some corporate companies, not all, that hiring a freelancer to kind of bridge the gap of what they need is even an option. So sometimes they might need some education or just, hey, have you thought about, oh no, like tell me more. And I think too, I mean, you think about a lot of doctor's offices, healthcare, a lot of these very credentialed people, like I don't know what the average age of a doctor is, but let's say, you know, a lot of these doctor's offices, their head person is probably 55, 60. Historically, what do they think of a freelancer? Their thought about what a freelancer does or what type of person a freelancer is, is totally not in line with what it is anymore. They're busy staying up on medical trends and they're busy staying up on just keeping their practice afloat and getting their new patients through the door. So they don't need to know what a freelancer is, but their mindset Mm -hmm. isn't at the same level that you and I says where we're like a freelancer can literally do anything for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge option too. If you're searching job boards or come across anyone who's hiring, always have the conversation. Hey, have you thought about? And I mean, Lindsay, you went into that conversation, like I'll talk to you, but I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm not interested in this part-time employee position. Here's what I can do for you. And here's why I think it's a better fit. What do you think? And they're like, sounded like they were like, yep, that's exactly what we need. You're hired. How long have you been working with them? Two and a half years. 
Yeah. So long term. Yeah, and I, what was funny was the conversation. I remember it like yesterday when I had it. I was like, yeah, I'm not interested in this, but this is how I can help you. And here's my value, et cetera. He was like, wow, I've never even thought about doing something like that. And this sounds like exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. It, he just needed the education. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you mentioned a lot of professional services. What other types of like industries are out there like in this sphere of corporate companies? You mentioned medical. There's just so many companies out there, especially companies that are doing budget cuts right now. Technology is doing a lot of budget cuts right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing these big CRM companies who are cutting budgets and laying people off. I would honestly look at some of the news headlines and see who mm-hmm. in your area is doing layoffs. I think there's websites that track it, but it's a sad way to think about it. Like, obviously, I never want anyone to be laid off. That's a terrible yeah. thing. But as a freelancer, you can see kind of where the industry is changing local to you or broadscape uh-huh. and say, okay, what can I do to leverage my services for a technology company? Or, you know, yeah. where what are the values that I can provide to that kind of industry? Do I have experience in that kind of industry? Have I worked with? Think about how the layoffs are happening or how the economy is changing and what you can do to help alleviate that pain. Yeah. And maybe too, if you have experience in a tech company doing marketing of some sort, like that knowledge of that industry, I feel like would be very beneficial if you approached a company like that or ended up having a conversation with a company like, hey, I've worked in this industry. Technology, there's so many different areas of it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, education technology, tons of teachers in this freelance community. Mm -hmm. How can you take your teacher skills plus your new marketing skills as a freelancer and leverage that for this corporate education technology company? Yeah. You know, so thinking about, you don't need to know all of the things. You just need to know the value that you can provide. Yeah. That's incredible. So are there other opportunities for other types of services and freelancers in working with corporate companies, or are they mainly only outsourcing for marketing? Oh, I think there's, I think there's tons of opportunity. I mean, think about assistance. Mm-hmm. A lot of corporate companies don't know that there's such thing as a virtual assistant, mm-hmm. someone who can help me calendars, manage emails, and that sort of thing. Corporate companies have tons of assistance. Mm-hmm. And that's a way that you can help alleviate some of these budget cuts and you mm-hmm. can step in and provide value. I would say marketing is obviously a big one, data entry, things mm-hmm. like that. A lot of companies are really having a huge focus on content these days. So mm-hmm. podcast production, mm-hmm. YouTube videos, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, you don't know what you don't know. Companies don't know what they don't know. So if they're like, oh, I don't have to hire a full-time person in our company to manage our podcast. I could just send that over to a podcast production manager who only takes a couple of hours a week to make all of our podcast things happen. So huge push on content right now. I mean, every company has some sort of blog role or podcast or video situation. So I think that there's a ton of opportunity in that. I mean, graphics, social media, every corporate company has a social media role. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's less about they need something different than online business owner. It's more about us as freelancers educating and not being scared to put ourselves out there. Yeah. So where can we go to kind of connect with, like to find the, because they're not hanging out in Facebook groups, right? They're not- no. Probably. No, absolutely not. 
LinkedIn. I would LinkedIn. say LinkedIn. If, if you're looking for something that's the most efficient and like you can create a content plan around, LinkedIn is where I would start. Mm-hmm. I would add everyone that you have ever networked with, like family members, friends, anyone who you worked in a past position with, uh, your neighbors, like just the people you meet, like instead of adding them on Instagram, like, you know, if I met you at a networking event, I would probably go add you on Instagram. If my idea was to work with some corporate level clients or professional services clients, I would be going to LinkedIn and adding everyone there. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I'm going to say is going back to the basics of telling everyone in your network, what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than a referral. I would say, you know, when I first started freelancing, my parents had no, I, they just like could not grasp the concept. Mm-hmm. They were like, you <laughs> same what? making money online. And now that must be a like, scam. That was my parents. <laughs> well, like five years later, you know, they tell people that I, you know, offer director of marketing services in a fractional form for these different companies. And now people out of the woodworks were like, Oh, I know your mom. I met her at her CrossFit class. And, you know, I would love to introduce you to this person. It's just this weird web where the more you can communicate what you do, what your value is and who you can help, the more people are going to come to you and think of you and things. If you want more clients, you need to have more conversations. It doesn't matter if it's the vet, if it's the dentist, if it's the neighbor, if it's Mm -hmm. mom, Sally Mm -hmm. at school pickup. Yes. I love to think about like everyone wants to talk about their elevator pitch. Like this is what my elevator pitch is, but I've kind of reframed that in my mind of it's less about an elevator pitch. And it's more about like when you're sitting at an airport and your flight is delayed and you're just talking to a random person, like sitting next to you, what do you tell them you do? It's like your airport bar spiel, you know, like what do you do? Who do you help? What value do you provide? It's not you trying to sell services. Yeah. It's you just really communicating who you are and what you do, like how you identify your business. Yeah. I always am very broad. And then if someone's interested, they can ask more questions, but I'm on like, what do you, when I say online courses, when I start to go that I'm like, they're either going to be like, huh? Or like, oh, tell me more. And so I just yeah. very broad and yeah. Start broad and be able to have a conversation and don't try to sell yourself. Your goal is just yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Cause like they're it's the person you're talking to isn't the person hiring you, it's who they know. Oh, exactly. So LinkedIn personal network, tell everyone. Tell everyone. And I would say like the majority of my clients all come to me from like I, I post on LinkedIn. I am active on LinkedIn. I reach out to people actively and, you know, let them know if they're posting about something that they are needing to hire. I will educate them on how they could work with myself or someone I know. Like I'm a huge mm-hmm. advocate for work with other people in my network. But also again, those those relationships and opening those doors is so key. And a lot of my clients come to me through word of mouth. Like they heard, he said, she said, yeah. I heard of you. I found your website, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's incredible. So now what about someone who's listening to this and is like, oh, CRAP, I work in marketing. Am I going to be laid off? Like, So no, I don't want to like fear mongering. Yeah. You probably work at a company that values you and your position. You know, companies want to position their employees to be highly valued and they want the best for you. So I don't want to fear monger anyone. That said, I think if you do land yourself in a spot where you have been laid off, 
consider freelancing, consider building a business for yourself where you're in control. So, you know, you're not going to ever be in this position again, where someone else, you have your fate in someone else's hands. Yeah. I could talk all day about it. I mean, there is no better job for a woman who has a family or kids or dogs or whatever. Like there's no better position for us. Corporate jobs were not built for two working parents. They just weren't. I don't know how people with two, you know, with little kids and they're both working in corporate jobs. I just don't know how they do it. Yeah. Someone's always traveling or so much shuffling and running. Like kids are in daycare from seven to six and it's just hard. And then the kids are sick and it's like a toss up of like, oh my gosh, well, who's going to jeopardize their career because there's a sick kid. I mean, yeah. I think that this is a huge opportunity, especially right now with people actively getting laid off. I mean, I'm in a mops group at my church and two of the girls in the group were laid off this year. Ugh. And I mean, it's like eight people. And so it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, this is actively happening. And knowing one of the girls was talking to me about my business and she was just mind blown that mm-hmm. this is something, this is an option. Yeah. And she's like, that is so like I would love to figure out something like that. Call me, let me know. And I will help you figure something out. A lot of times people think that freelancing is something where they have to take a huge step back from what they're doing in their current jobs. And that's also just totally not the case. I mean, you can bring your knowledge from working in a big company to a smaller business and help them implement more structure or processes. Like those are valuable skills that often when you're laid off, you're probably not realizing you have valuable skills. So like your income now, if you would have stayed in corporate, would that be possible? Like what you're making now as a business owner? God, no. My husband asked me, he's like, how much would it cost for someone to hire you? And I was like, they wouldn't be able to. Like they're, they would not be able to. Like a company just hired you full time. Yeah. Like they, it's just not possible. A, I don't want to do that. But B, like the money number, like they wouldn't be able to compete with what I'm making right now. Yeah. Especially once you, like, I'm working what, 12 to 20 hours a week right now. Yeah. That's childcare that I have. And so that's what I'm working. And you're making like a significant six figure income. Yes. Very significant six figure income. So, like something that, get in corporate, especially working 12 to 20 hours, nevertheless, like 40 hours. They <laughs> right. Right. So we're talking, <laughs> even if she was working full-time, which would be what, 40, 50, I don't know, maybe 60 hours, but they beat you to death in corporate. Yeah. And I mean, there's been, obviously my business has had a lot of ebbs and flows. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've had years that have sucked, but then I have years that are really good because I've learned something from mm-hmm. those years. Yeah. And uh, you know, being able to grow your business at a sustainable rate is a learned skill. Yeah. You're not going to start your business knowing that. And I feel like so many people are Googling, like, how do I scale my business? How do I scale my business and get to the next income level? And it's like, you got to be thoughtful around it. Mm-hmm. It's something you're going to learn and you're going to figure out through time in your business. You can't yeah. just jump in day thinking you're yeah. going to be hitting. Yes. And there, I mean, there's resources out there for those of you that are looking to get started. There's me, there's Lindsay. Lindsay's got stuff. Lindsay, yeah. as we kind of wrap up, why don't you tell us if someone's maybe wanting to go into the director of marketing role, maybe learn those skills, take that on, or need some support in that area. Tell us more what you have. And then also make sure you tell us about your podcast. Yeah, definitely. So 
I host the Director of Marketing Certification Program. So if any of this has resonated with you or you want to really get your marketing skills in line, like MBA level marketing skills, you want to know the foundations, you want to be able to put yourself in that marketing authority role, the Director of Marketing Program is absolutely for you. It is open, available at any time. So, you know, go ahead and find me on Instagram or through my website, lindsaywhite.co. That's me on Instagram. And we can definitely talk about, you know, getting you in the director of marketing program. I also just launched a podcast with Betsy Moorhead, and we're really proud of it. We have conversations like this all the time. We both came from really, you know, well-oiled corporate jobs. And so we have very interesting insights on how to work with professional services companies or how to work with corporate companies and how to kind of hold yourself to the caliber that you mentally always feel like you need to be holding yourself to when you come from a corporate job. So we love having those conversations. And that's called The Business Playdate. And we're on Apple, Spotify, and all of those fun places. Yeah, guys, go check it out. Subscribe, follow Lindsay, follow Betsy. Betsy was on last week. So that's so cool, guys. Congratulations. Thanks for coming on. This was so insightful. Hopefully, yeah, those- and if anyone has any more questions, how- shoot them over to Michaela and I'm happy to come back. Yeah, let, let me know what you want to bring her back on for. Hopefully, this was very insightful and encouraging for those of you who either come from a marketing background and maybe want to start working with more corporate clients. Or those of you that are in a marketing position and maybe are anxious, like you feel the anxiousness, you see the budget cuts coming and happening. Now's a good time to start laying the foundation to freelance. Yeah. You are in a role and you don't think like you feel like you're handcuffed by your corporate job because of what you make. Like you can make that as a freelancer. I promise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If not in probably significantly more. I mean, Lindsay, yeah. you started five years ago and make significantly right. more than you could if you were working full-time still in corporate. I think I just think that is so cool. And more moms need to know this is an option. And especially moms that feel handcuffed to that corporate job because of how good their salary is and all of that. There are options. You're not stuck. There's lots of options Come for to you. The dark side. <laughs> We'd love to have you. (laughs) Yes. Thanks so much, Lindsay. As always, you are so awesome to have on. I love chatting with you, learning from you. We'll bring you back on soon. Yeah. Love to talk. Thanks. Now, just because the episode is over doesn't mean the knowledge party has to stop. Come hang out with me and thousands of other mamas in my free Facebook group. Just search Facebook for the Live Free Podcast Mastermind with Michaela Quinn or go to the show notes. We have it linked there. And make sure you answer the questions so our gatekeeper knows that you want in. And don't forget, sharing is caring. If you are loving this podcast, please take a moment to share it with your friends. But make sure you tag me at Michaela.Quinn on Instagram and at Michaela Quinn on Facebook. See you next week.